0: Welcome to the Align with Spirit Podcast! The Align with Spirit Podcast is a program that takes a look at life through the lens of metaphysical occult, new thought, comparative religion, and new age philosophy. Each week a new topic is reviewed and explored. Topics range from practical self-help advice and holistic self-healing to the paranormal, supernatural, and the mystical in nature. Our host is John Culbertson. He is an ordained metaphysical minister and certified metaphysical mind practitioner. He is also a Reiki master, shamanic practitioner, a Wiccan priest, a tarot card reader, and an astrologer. Before being ordained as a metaphysical minister, he had previously been ordained as an evangelical Christian minister. He is also a lifelong student of psychology and counseling, having degrees in both the psychology of human behavior and spiritual counseling. Now it's time to quiet our mind and open our soul as we align with spirit.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Align with Spirit podcast. My name is John Cobertson, and our topic today is the four archangels. In the New Age field, there are several angels that the majority of followers believe in. Today, we're going to take a quick look at four of these angels, and they're all from the choir of angels known as the archangels. Archangels Raphael, Michael, and Gabriel are perhaps the three most well-known archangels. And we're going to be talking about them today along with the Archangel Uriel. These four angels make up the four angels that are associated with the four cardinal directions. Now in most cultures the four cardinal directions are deemed extremely important. Sometimes they are known as directions and other times you may hear them referred to as watchtowers. And in some cultures, they associate animals with each direction. And in others, they associate an element like earth, wind, fire, water. And still others, they associate the angels, the archangels with them. So let's take a look at these archangels and learn a little bit more about them and why they are important. So starting in the east, we're going to be talking about Archangel Raphael. Raphael is the angel that is associated with the element of air. He is also considered the angel of healing. Many times he is seen as a male angel holding a staff in one hand. We also associate new beginnings with Raphael. The season of spring is said to belong to Raphael as well. And the reason for this is obviously because spring represents rebirth and healing from the past. In Catholicism, they have a prayer for Archangel Raphael. And that prayer goes like this. Glorious Archangel Saint Raphael, great prince of the heavenly court, you are illustrious for your gifts of wisdom and grace. You are a guide of those who journey by land or sea or air, counselor of the afflicted and refuge of sinners. I beg you, assist me in all my needs and in all the sufferings of this life as once you helped the young Tobus on his travels. Sometimes that's referred to as Topias, Because you are the medicine of God, I humbly pray you to heal the many infirmities of my soul and the ills that afflict my body. I especially ask you for the favor, and here the person saying the prayer would indicate what they're primarily asking for, and the great grace of purity to prepare me to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, as you can tell from this prayer, Raphael is called upon to ease not only physical pains, but also emotional, mental, and spiritual ones. Thus, if you're in need of healing, Archangel Raphael is the angel that you're looking to communicate and connect with. After Raphael and the East, we move to the South. And in the south, we have Archangel Michael. Sometimes this is pronounced Mikael, depending upon the tradition. But Archangel Michael is the angel of protection. And he is almost always seen as a young male angel in armor. And typically, he is holding a flaming sword. He is associated with the element of fire. And for ages, Michael has been a beloved protector for all. It has been said that Michael has a special affinity for protecting children and women. Now in angel mythology, Michael was believed to be the angel that led the war against Satan, after Satan fell from God's grace and started a rebellion. According to this myth, Satan was God's right hand angel for a long time. But that wasn't good enough for him. He actually wanted to be better than God. He wanted to be above God. And so he gathered some angels that believed that he would make a better ruler than God. And the great war of heaven started. This is mythology, angel mythology. We're talking about the heavenly wars. At this time, Michael decided to step up to the plate on behalf of God. To lead God's army of angels into battle against Satan. And those angels that chose to follow him. Now... According to angel mythology, it is said that in the final moments of that battle, Michael threw Satan out of heaven into later what many Judeo christians term hell. The followers of Satan followed, and Satan became known as the devil, and his angels that battled alongside him, they became known as demons. That was to separate them from God and angels. You know, there's that dual aspect of good and bad. That runs throughout most of Judeo-Christian. Now, this myth, of course, raises many questions. But now is probably not the time to get into that. Instead, I will just say that we associate the virtue of determination to Michael. And we also associate the season of summer with Michael. Catholicism has a prayer for Michael, too. And it's one of the most beloved prayers in Catholicism. And it goes like this, St. Michael the Archangel, Defend us in daily battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell, Satan, any and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking to ruin the souls of man here on earth. So we have talked about the Angel of the East. And the angel associated with the South. So let's now move on to the Archangel of the West. In the West, we have the angel Gabriel, the messenger angel. Sometimes Gabriel is seen as male, and at other times, Gabriel has been seen as female. Oftentimes, Gabriel has appeared as both throughout life. I know for myself, I always thought of Gabriel as a male until I had a dream, and Gabriel appeared to me as a female in that dream. That dream, incidentally, appears in my book, Miracle of the Angels. Gabriel is almost always seen as holding a scroll. Gabriel is the angel that delivers important messages. Many times these messages come in the form of dreams or visions. Usually these messages are said to be from God, but we all have the ability to ask Gabriel to deliver important messages for us to other people. For example, if you find yourself having a fight with someone, and the two of you stop talking, Gabriel may be one way to help open up new communication between the two of you. We also associate the seasons of fall with Gabriel. The element that we associate with Gabriel is water. As with the other two angels, Roman Catholicism has a prayer for Archangel Gabriel, And it goes like this. Blessed Saint Gabriel, Archangel, we beseech you to intercede for us at the throne of divine mercy. As you announce the mysteries of the Incarnation to Mary, so through your prayers may we receive strength of faith and courage of spirit, and thus find favor with God in redemption through Christ our Lord. May we sing the praise of God our Savior with the angels and saints in heaven forever and ever. Amen. So we talked about the angels of the east, south, and west. We have one more direction to go, and thus one more archangel to talk about. And that is Archangel Uriel. And of course the direction associated with Uriel is the north. Uriel is not spoken of in Catholicism. As I mentioned previously, there are only three primary archangels in Catholicism, and we've already discussed them. Archangel Uriel does exist in other belief systems, though. For example, Christian Gnosticism. I personally was always taught that Uriel was the angel of animals. I would later learn, however, that this is not correct. This is not true. Uriel is actually the angel of wisdom and learning. Ariel is the angel of animals. And in this case, we see how just one letter can make a huge difference in the meaning of a word. Uriel's name means either God is light or God's light, depending upon the source that you consult. He is acknowledged as the angel that helps others with natural disasters. That is, of course, in addition to bringing truth, light, and wisdom to people. Uriel is associated with the element of earth in the season of winter. The virtue associated with Uriel is wisdom. Many also associate occult knowledge, alchemy, prophecies, manifestations, and even illumination with Uriel. As I mentioned, there is no Catholic prayer for Uriel. In the early years of the Catholic Church, a Roman council had several angels removed from the official ranks of the Church's recognized angels. Uriel just happened to be one of them. The reason they removed these angels was because the Church feared and worried About people's obsessions with angels. They worried that people were going to pray to angels more more often than devoting their time, energy, and attention to God. Uriel is, however, mentioned in some historical texts, though those texts are not recognized as canon by the Catholic Church. So we talked about the four archangels, but how does one invoke an angel? How does one evoke an angel? What is the practice of calling an angel? So let's begin by understanding the difference between invoking something and evoking something. Again, earlier I mentioned that just one letter can change the meaning of something. Invocation, evocation. One letter changes the meaning. When you evoke something, you call it to you. When you invoke something, you call it into you. So if I invoke Archangel Raphael, I'm asking Archangel to come into me, to step into my physical body, to take control of my physical body. If I evoke Archangel Raphael, I'm asking Archangel to be here with me, to be beside me, to help me, but from outside of me, not within me. I encourage all my students to focus on evoking and not invoking, especially if you are new, to many of these practices and teachings. So evoking an angel is an easy task. All you have to do is say, Michael, please help protect me. Or Gabriel, help me be heard. Perhaps you could say, Raphael, help heal me. That's all you need in order to enlist the help of any of these angels. You can, of course, say the prayers that are associated with the angels. But from a strictly New Age perspective, it's not required. Prayer, after all, is simply pre-written speeches. And what tends to be far more powerful and meaningful is simply speaking to the angels, or to God, or to spirit, in your own words. Now, I will note that in some Protestant traditions, most actually, they see prayer more as this idea of speaking to God. And that's actually far more preferable than the Roman Catholic method of having scripted prayers. The point is, is you want to put your heart, soul, your mind, your full belief into what you are doing. Otherwise, it tends to be an invalid effort and not worth the time. In ceremonial magic and pagan religious traditions, and remember, pagan means earth-based, there are actually entire rituals... ...that are devoted to activating angelic energies. Now, of course, not every pagan tradition recognizes angels. In fact, many don't. As I mentioned earlier, the watchtowers and the pagan circles tends to be the preferred term... ...as opposed to angels. I will say this. For the purpose of a beginner... ...remember that the most common belief in the angelic law in angels... Is that they are forbidden from interacting with humans or acting on their behalf unless one of two conditions occur. The first condition is that the human is in mortal danger long before his time of transition from the physical world. In those cases, the angel is certainly allowed to intervene and protect the person, save the person, etc. The second case is angels are typically forbidden from helping humans. Unless they're directly asked to do so. And I think that's probably the most important thing here to understand. Is that if you don't ask, you can't receive. And that's not true just with angels. But that's true in many areas of the metaphysical New Age philosophy. I encourage you to be proactive in the process of communicating and interacting with angels. Angels are not a replacement for God. I don't want anyone to misunderstand me and to think that I'm saying that angels are better than God. You should always, firstly and primarily, focus your attention towards God. By whatever name you choose to call God. And believe me, there are many. I don't care if you call it cosmic consciousness, universal intelligence, the great cosmos, the holy guardian angel, if you call it God the Father, if you call it Jesus... Whatever name you choose to describe and to name that higher power, that should be your primary focal point. The angels are just an added bonus, something that we can give additional energy to in order to activate certain energies in our lives. So, I want to thank you for joining me today on Align with Spirit. I look forward to talking to you next week. And it looks like our topic next week is going to be on shamanic cosmology or an overview of the shamanic belief system. It should be fun. It should be interesting. This is John Culbertson. I'll see you next week.
0: You've been listening to the Align with Spirit podcast, hosted by John Culbertson. The Align with Spirit podcast is supported by the contributions of generous listeners like you. For more information about John Culbertson, the host, or to help support us, please visit the
1: website mysticjohnculbertson.com.